Hi and welcome to the last podcast narrative for season 9, episode 11, Jordan Tottenham. For this particular podcast episode, it's kind of split into two and I did it that way because I wanted to kind of like transition off to the next season, asking more questions about not only for the interview themselves but to also get a little questions for the audience or the interview to ask towards me um and my own filipino experience and i feel like i am going to be doing that for all the season finales of the podcast narratives um but jordan tano jt is the podcast narrative today what really stood out for this podcast is i actually asked them to be a guest earlier in the season but in the right time uh, they agree and i feel like this narrative kind of stands out a little bit because seeing Filipinos in Hawaii and seeing how they own identify themselves it's partially because i feel like when you're Filipino in Hawaii you don't really think about your own identity you just focus into what's around you and your environment and it's different if you were a Filipino living in California in New York Midwest because Filipinos up there is like only quarter and it's not you don't see Filipinos as you would mostly see it when you're in Hawaii where your neighbors people around you are Filipinos so yeah this podcast narrative is a little bit of a reflection and also maybe if you feel compelled send us a voice message and share your own story um and we would like to repost it on our instagram page at kasamahanko but without with more than said and do i will transition it on to the final episode and final podcast narrative of season nine Um, today on the podcast, a really great way to um, share the story of different Filipinos, even those who may not have um, thought about their culture actually before. Um, so I will pass the mic to to have individual individuals are introduce themselves. I think Chachi and I recorded this today. What is it? 25th. 25th, October 25th, uh, 10 a.m. this morning, and then went our separate ways, went to work, surfed, got out of the water, and then Chachi texted me that our episode had no audio. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so uh, we're back. Good thing she stayed at the hub, I suppose. I was five minutes away, popped on over, we just ate, both ate. 
and we're ready to go for the second time. And that is a lesson to a lot of podcasters out there. Always check your equipment before <laughs> recording, um, especially if you're doing it in person because it's different from virtual. Um, thank you for the sign. But thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, I didn't even say my name. Holy oh, shit! <laughs> what is your name? Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Tottle. JT. Uh, yeah, that's my name. And um, one fun fact fun about fact that I'm not full Filipino. That's what I said the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you said this person because because yeah, Chachi thought I was full Filipino. I'm not I'm Japanese and Chinese as well. Right. In the first recording, I gave him a little intro about assumption. I thought he was full Filipino, mm-hmm. but it's not always great to assume because, and that's why when it comes to our Filipino culture and identity, a lot of people assume us to be a particular thing but when you really get the time to like talk story and like get to know their story you see that there's so much more about your own self Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to open more of your story first off um and because we did we record and I'm gonna reshuffle the questions a little bit oh no can you tell us about a time where you felt that you weren't Filipino enough? A time? Yeah. This wasn't even part of the original questions. Damn. That I wasn't Filipino. Oh, actually, we had a conversation about this. Yeah. When, I, when you asked me to be on the pod. Mm-hmm. I was like, I actually feel more comfortable at a block party in Waianae than at a first birthday in Waipahu. Like, every time at a, I'm at a Filipino gathering, I feel, like, not Filipino enough. Um, Why? Oh, because I can't speak. I, can't, I don't understand anything they're saying. Um, and that's, like, language is, like, the key to a culture. Mm-hmm. Language and food, I would say, is, like, that's, like, the two biggest things to learn a culture. Um, so it's a huge barrier and I don't know what they're talking about what makes being at a party at Y&I more um, inclusive for you oh that's honestly that was kind of like um, just an extreme example Mm -hmm. so that you know people can get the the picture I'm trying to paint Mm -hmm. I'd just say local yeah like I you know there's some people here like if you're Haolian from the mainland throw you in wine and you probably are scared for your life you know or something or just feel out of place not Mm -hmm. to say that it's a you know below place but yeah I just I identify more with the local culture here what is local culture to you like um obviously not Hawaiian I mean Kamako will be proud that I made the (laughs) distinction (laughs) there there's Hawaiian culture um and then the local culture here I'd say it's everything a big blanket statement is everything pigeon <laughs> a big mixing pot and what do you think in first glance when I say Filipino culture what is the first thing uh, that you would say Filipino culture I'm gonna reuse my answer mm. resilience <laughs> resilience 
work ethic and diversity. That's the three words that come to mind when I think of Filipinos and what their competitive advantage and what makes them unique, I think. And before you elaborate, I'm going to have you kind of re-explain again, like, your, your family history. Hmm. Okay, um, mom from Pampanga, dad from Pangasinan, um, and I would say their families, and then they moved to Guam, and that's kind of where my family uh, dug their roots or set their roots, and then they didn't meet each other there. They both went to high school there. And they went off to college and both started working in California. I think LA and San Diego, someplace around there. And they had my brother. Then they moved back to Guam. And then they had me. Stayed there for a couple of years and then I, we all moved to Hawaii. So I grew up in Hawaii. I left Guam when I was like three years old. But my family's roots are in Guam, I would say. And how close are you and your brother? I'd say we're close. We, we were really, 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 really close before. Like, I used to be his tail. Like, just as an... That's, I think that's the dynamic of any older and younger sibling, is you, they're kind of... You're kind of just following them around, doing what they do. He skated, I skated. He mm-hmm. surfed, I surfed. He played drums, I played drums. So, we were really close, and then we kind of just um, drifted apart as we got older, like, through college. Well, we... After we graduated, we kind of drifted apart. Um, and we were refining that. Um, through the things that we have in common still. Because mm-hmm. as you get older, you know, your commonalities start to branch out. And then it's what brings to things that you still have in common, mm-hmm. brings you back together. Which is, for us, it's like surfing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having your parents... Because um, you are technically second generation? I, okay, yeah, explain that to me. Because I talked with someone and said I am first generation but I thought I was third generation oh because your parents were born here no my parents were born in the Philippines but I just thought third generation because grandma and grandpa made the trek here Mm -hmm. but then I talked to someone else and then they said no it's whoever was born here Mm -hmm. is that's when the generation starts so then that would make me first generation because I was the my brother and I were the first ones to be born in America. Mm-hmm. I know the wa- entire wave of migration thing can be like converse con conversation can be in in a other conversation, but from like what I've been like taught is like first generation is like you immigrated here at like the age of fifteen or mm. nine years old, and then if you immigrate here from like five years old which I came here when I was nine or eight so technically I'm 1.5 and then second generation is those who were born here because you're the second god that's kind of complicated don't you think third generation is you and your parents are born here your grandparents are born in the Philippines got you and then fourth generation goes on interesting okay kind of counterintuitive but Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm with it. So I'm, I'm what, first or second? Second generation. Got you. Yeah. Um, I brought that up because having your grandparents born in the Philippines and your parents and them coming here at a, like, in their high schools? I think so, probably. If the youngest, maybe middle school, I don't think they went to elementary in, mm-hmm. uh, in Guam. 
one. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> but definitely high school. What about your grandparents? Um, did you hear your story come forward? Um, like, what I... What I heard from them? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, let me bring up back when we were talking. Because there's a good point that we hit on. Mm-hmm. Which is... Go talk to the old people, man. Go talk to your <laughs> elders. Yeah? That's what we were talking about. Like, go talk to your elders. Um, they're there and they're just a pool of wisdom. Just... Like so many stories So much history And they're just there And people take it for granted That They're just a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. um, And that was brought up Because I was explaining to Chachi That I was lucky enough To catch them Before One of them passed away Because On my mother's side My grandparents were still alive And The aunties uh, My mom's sisters Had to start Caretaking Um their parents, which is my grandparents, because mm-hmm. um, they suffer from dementia. So they moved them to California, LA specifically. And then I would go up back and forth for a couple years. Um, not even a couple years, that was kind of a lot, actually. Yeah, and I would be a part time caretaker. I would go up, catch a plane like every four months, and um, take care of my grandparents. And through that experience I got to know them as individuals and not just these figures that you kind of just like they kind of become like NPCs mm-hmm. like just like walking figures in your life oh like that's grandpa oh that's grandma like that but you don't get to talk to them and understand their story so that experience allowed me to pick their brain and know a little bit about them I'm probably gonna butcher it aunties are probably gonna be mad that I'm spilling our family secrets <laughs> Because they're very closed off about it. Grandpa was like a 12th child, I think. Mm-hmm. Out of a big family. They were... Um, his father, I believe, owned like a giant farm. A successful farm. What I explained to Chachi was that it's... Like what I've heard is that... You know, my great-grandpa wore a suit. <laughs> and rode a horse. And from what I've heard that that's... A symbol of success and wealth so yeah he came from a wealthy family but he was the youngest and eventually you know he didn't get any of the wealth and the same thing on my um, grandma's side her family came from wealth and they lost it all through greed and family drama and all of that so it's a really nice hero story because they had it all their families had it all um, their families lost it all they learned from that so while they were you know scraping and crawling their way back up to success um, they're very very tight and disciplined with their money because they never wanted to lose it again yeah oh and grandpa was like a what did I say? It was like a seamstress. Like That's sewing. Your, your grandma was a seamstress. Grandma made dresses. Had her own dress shop. Grandpa was also like into. I forgot what he did. Like he was also into fabrics. I think like sewing. Mm-hmm. They like sent him to New York to learn from the Americans, and he would come back and whatnot. So he was. They were both very talented people. 
I think like just by even like talking and reflecting like what your grandparents have done um, and being because you're the youngest out of you and your brother correct and my brother and I are the last um, are the only ones on that side mm. on my mother's side the grandparents I'm talking about were the only um, male grandchildren oh. none of the aunties had kids except my mom mm. so we're the last two have you ever felt have you ever felt the expectation oh yeah that's the family dynamic mm-hmm. like that that side growing up is very very like pressure driven all of them all my aunties were high achieving well it started from my grandparents they were like like they raised some units like my aunties were killers you know so they raised really really um they were really strict and raised some killer women and although we didn't even get a fraction of the discipline that they got we definitely felt the pressure um i especially what i said before which is we're the last two um so the pressure's there was there a lot of discipline probably not i mean we're we're entitled kids come on anyone that's like i mean you said i was second generation like we're pretty entitled to be here and not having to make the trek over so yeah, there's a lot of pressure to um, be successful. There's always pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I hated it growing up, but then, like, now I've learned to love it. I mm-hmm. love it now. I love that there was a high standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do the same for my kids, I think. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that your parents have taught you and your brother that was something you want to, I would say, pass on to your next yeah um well Helen which is my grandma Mm -hmm. she's like um the oracle or like the wise one I would say I mean my grandpa too like they're both very successful um but I would take gems from her one because they made their wealth by saving and investing so although this is old times like if you're into economics and investing you'll know that it's not exactly the right thing to do to just keep your money in the bank nowadays. But she grew up in a time um, where interest rates were really high. So her whole thing is save, save, save. Um, penny saved is a penny earned. So that I will always keep and pass on. And two, um, <laughs> for all you lovebirds out there, beauty fades. Uh, that's a big one. I like came back from Denmark. I was studying abroad, and I came back to go see her on my way home. And I was like, "Oh my god, oh Helen! Like these women are so beautiful. I'm gonna go marry uh, a Danish woman <laughs> and have like Hoppa kids. Like they're so beautiful." And then she looked at me. And she's like, "You're dumb. Like you're stupid." She'd be like, "Tanga," and she's like, "Beauty fades." And she's right. I'm like, "Oh my god, you're right." So that beauty fades. And then, like, I would always ask her, I'd be like, what's one thing? Like, give me, give me the secret. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the secret. And she always goes back to, like, integrity. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. That's a huge thing that even my aunties were taught. Um, and my parents, every time I go back to consult with my mother, she always 
comes from that perspective. Integrity. Do the right thing when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a really great segue because one thing that I wanted to ask is... Um, and it's more than just like what you learn from your parents and your family is because the entire podcast is your growing up experience. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you grew up in Guam, especially because you are you grew up as with a mixed background as Japanese, Chinese, and Filipino. Like, how was it like growing up in Guam and coming to the Hawaii? And yeah, well, I'd say I grew up here. Hmm. I only had a couple years in Guam, so I don't even—I barely remember it. But growing up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I struggled <laughs> with um, identity, like in terms of what culture am I. Um, what I will say is, because I don't think we said it yet. We did. We definitely said it back in um, when we recorded earlier. I'm like really whitewashed. <laughs> like I'm not. Um, you know, and I, I say that because that's just what it is. I, I don't think it's a derogatory thing. I'm just very American. Um, so I didn't really feel a, a struggle. Although, I know one of the questions was that, like, trouble identifying or something. Yeah, so I, I was kind of just in the middle. Like, I'm not Filipino enough, yet I'm also not American enough. So I'm kind of just in the middle. But, I mean, we're in Hawaii. It's like we're all kind of like the minority is the majority, you know. I I definitely know that if we grew up in the mainland, it would be a completely different thing. Um, like growing up here, we were empowered. The fact that we're brown, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we're mixed mutts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not in a derogatory mm-hmm. term, but like the fact that we're just mixed. Like, it was cool. Like, it was cool to list how much... It's like a little passport. Like, you just... Oh, what are you? Oh, well, I'm this, 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 this. It's like, oh my god, that's so cool. I'm just... I'm just Filipino. Or like, I'm just Japanese. Like, that's so cool. I wish I was mixed. Mm -hmm. So it was like... It was really empowering as a kid, I think. I think, like, you bring up another good point. Like, especially because here in Hawaii, like... um, and like previously when we in the first recording what you mentioned like being here in Hawaii like your perspective of like who you are is kind of skewed to your identity because like everyone here or like majority here are Filipinos and majority here some are immigrants or some just came here Mm -hmm. um, from another country and a lot of them are just assimilating just to make it quote unquote big but when you move out, like, in California, Washington, Oregon, like, you become, like, really, like, who am I? Like, I, I want to get in touch with my roots because I feel lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, here it's It's definitely a fantasy world here, I mm-hmm. would say. It's definitely not, I mean... Not to say that the outside world is, like, you know, all racist and, and you know... But it's definitely, 
Like, this is the gold standard. Hawaii is the gold standard of being accepting, I think. Wanna elaborate a little bit more? Like, I mean, I think we're, like, the most (laughs) non-racist place in the world. Like, it's the norm. I mean, although we're kind of racist towards white people, I would say. Hmm. But it's it's probably the best place. I can't think of another place that's that could be much better to grow up as a minority. Is it because of the culture here is so similar to the Filipino culture? No, I just think it's diverse. Mm. There's so there's a lot of different cultures. Because I'm not even talking about like skin color. But, like, let's just say we go to Africa. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be the only Asian there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, if I go to Europe, you know, in Europe, I'm going to be the only brown one there. Yet you come to Oahu in particular, you get everything. Mm-hmm. You get black, white from the military. You also get every single Asian. Mm-hmm. You know? So... I think just the sheer diversity here is I, I can't think of another place. I can't. <laughs> Although we're kind of missing Mexican and like Spanish over here, I feel like. Like a little bit. Like, yeah, like we're like kind a, of missing that. It's definitely sprinkle. not like a San Diego. Like, we're definitely missing some, but I would say like this is pretty much the biggest melting pot. Majority, I would say. Yeah, so like if you, you know, it's not perfect, but if you were to take a stab at it, this is probably the best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great segue to this question that, that you answered it previously. Um, if you want a little bit, like, refine your answer, but what parts of your culture are you still fascinated by? Oh, that was a question. <laughs> that was a question. Resilience. <laughs> Work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a that was so recited yeah like a Miss America <laughs> um, yeah resilience I mean we're assimilated and colonized twice you know we're pretty badass five times five times oh she said get it right Jordan no like no but it's emphasis, true yeah. it's true that's I mean that's what I mean by resilience um, work ethic I mean come on now we're farmers we got up so early that we could take a nap, you know. And then, um, what's the last one I said? Diversity. Diversity. Yes, and that's a big one too that I'm just realizing recently because I was watching a Joe Rogan mm-hmm. clip, and the guest was talking about like these water nomad uh, Filipino tribes where they live on like houseboats and they just spearfish and they just live on the water. And it really dawned on me that, um, one, our Fili- if you grew up here in Hawaii, your Filipino is skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, because primarily it's all like Ilocanos here. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of just use that as a blanket statement like, okay, these Filipinos, that's how all Filipinos are, which is false. I mean, you take the north, you take the three big land masses in the Philippines and they are those three alone are so different mm-hmm. and then there's very nuanced cultures 
on each landmass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know we talked about that, how it's very skewed here. Uh, our blanket statement of Filipinos here in Hawaii is only one or maybe two, what would you call them, ethnicities or sub-ethnicities? I would say... Subcultures. Subcultures, subgroups. Subgroups, like Ilocano and then what else? Visayan. There's, like, how many more? And if you ask someone from, like, someone from California, like, or even in the East Coast, like, who are the Filipinos in Hawaii? You would say Ilocanos Mm -hmm. because of the history of the plantation days. But even, like, digging deeper is, like, there's more than... There's more than Ilocanos that um, came... To Hawaii and settled here or moved to California or elsewhere and it's just that like what we're doing right now is just like that talking story or that um, finding similarities and differences mm-hmm. I think one thing that I've recognized from just conversing with you is um, how you kind of because we see our Filipino identity differently in terms of like it's not just what we see in the media but it's really like how you are with your family or even like who you are as an individual and like even coming to this podcast per se is like oh, yeah. sharing your story yeah, yeah, yeah. forgot about that um but what kind of like was that light bulb of like I want to be in this podcast and you really share my story because in the in the beginning though when I asked you you did say no I don't want to yeah 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 yeah. this was a whole thing of like embracing my Filipino identity Mm. Um, and the whole thing was that um, well one I think just as you mature as an adult you eventually just understand that your unique circumstances that don't match up when you're comparing with someone else is your strengths Mm -hmm. because you have a unique perspective so the fact that i wasn't filipino enough or american enough like that's a strength Mm -hmm. um so as you grow up you kind of just start being confident in your in the things that you make you different so that that's kind of one thing is just getting older I kind of just accept who I am and are proud and confident with the cards I was dealt and then the second thing that I was telling Chachi and she was like (gasps) was that um, her response to me coming on the pod was like a little cherry on top a little confirmation and breakthrough moment because when Chachi asked me I was like dude what like (laughs) your podcast has like activists listening to it like you guys are like really like on the spectrum you guys are like really really filipino like and i was like dude i'm I'm like i'm like not that filipino like i don't speak the language i don't you know i don't do a lot of traditions and whatnot and then she told me but that's why you should come on the pod and I was like, wow, that that was a breakthrough moment for me. Because I was like, you are right. Like, 
I am on the spectrum of being Filipino. I'm not off the spectrum. You know, like... And you said, you have a story to tell. And I was like, wow, that's actually, that's actually so true. I think part of it, because, like, we get, like, in this kind of little mindset of, like, when we see something, like, oh, I have to, do I have to be like them in order to be Filipino? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a lot of, like, many, 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 many people, like, always, like, ask themselves, it's just, like, Am I really Filipino enough if I can't speak the language? Am I really Filipino enough if I can't sing, dance, play guitar, play Adrian Raphael on the ukulele, <laughs> or I can't speak Tagalog, this and that? But it's more than just that. And I think that's the, the myth is like being Filipino is not what other people get to define you as it's who you it's what and who you define yourself to be and what you grew up to be and it's the tradition and the values that you are passed down with from your ancestors and your grandparents and your parents mm -hmm. yeah I think it's I mean I'm not gonna say it's just semantics mm -hmm. but it's true like that's why when you ask me what does what do you think of when you think of Filipino, mm -hmm. I, I just go with the Google answer. Like, before we get all deep and stuff and <laughs> spewing our insecurities and, like, biases, mm -hmm. like, it just means you're from, you know, you descend from that land. That's it. Everything else is just us piling on, like, these different things to make us feel good mm -hmm. or differentiate ourselves and be like, no, we're better. Honestly, I don't, like, that's how I look at it. Like, mm -hmm. And it kind of spans... It doesn't even need to be Filipino or cultural. Like, just identity in general. Mm -hmm. Like... Like, dude. Like, there's no reason why you should want to be like someone else. Mm -hmm. Or try to be like someone else. Like... Your little things are, like... Your little quirks. Mm -hmm. And stuff. And your little... That's what makes all of us, like... We need that. We don't need another... We don't need duplicates in this world, I think. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, we need individuality and uniqueness. That's mm -hmm. what makes this world, you know, move forward and evolve. That's right. And I think the biggest part of what you just shared is... Um, and, like, trying to segue this in is... What is something that you would tell your children? My answer is, it was such a good... <laughs> Or you can come up with a different one. No, that's always that's <laughs> always kind of my answer is dream big, and that's to lead up to my second thing. Adulting is a myth, mm -hmm. so just dream big. Uh, like, what was what was my explanation to this? It was like, um, like the more I I like to hang out with old people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so weird. <laughs> But I like to hang out with older people. Like, really, like oh. some of my good, some of my good friends, like good good friends, are have grandchildren, you know, like, and are retired. And that's just kind of what I became comfortable with. I think it's because of church. Like, I went to a, a church that was predominantly on the older side, so I got used to my community being older, and I got used to like to long for wisdom, way you know, ahead of me. So, 
with that being said, I mean, I've met a lot of older people, and with the work I do, I meet a lot of different levels of professionals and in different sectors. And I can confidently say, no one knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> like, no one knows. Everyone is trying their best. You know? And there's this, there's, that's why I say adulting is like a myth. Like, because you grow up and you have all these crazy dreams, like crazy, crazy things because the world, you know, you're not taking the world so serious yet and you don't have a lot of responsibilities. And all of a sudden, it's like you have to like tuck those dreams away and like become serious or something and get it figured out. And I just think that is such a myth. Like, it's not true. Like, people are literally just figuring it out. Like, a, a big one that comes to mind is, like, when you have a kid. Mm-hmm. No one is out here figuring out how to have a kid before they have a kid. Reverse psychology. Like, they just have a kid, <laughs> and then they figure it out when they have a little human. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not saying you don't have responsibilities because your responsibilities grow as you get older and that kind of starts to mold you and keep you, you know, you have to have a level of maturity. But I think you got to keep your imagination and your innovation and your, your, your vision and you need to keep that. And you need to cultivate that and you shouldn't put that out because of this weird little concept we say of adulting mm-hmm. and getting a getting serious and stuff because those wide-eyed kids dreams are the reason why we have really cool stuff in this world that's what pushes us forward you know not to say that it doesn't play a role with all the serious mundane things mm-hmm. but it's the dreamers the creative people that have crazy crazy dreams that want to create and build things um, and that have the courage to chase those dreams that push our world forward, I think. And I think there's nothing wrong with being with, like, older generation or older people because surrounding yourself with them really helps you think about the world in a different light. In comparison, like, for me, like, I tend to hang around a lot of younger people. Mm. So I tend to... I guess gravitate towards their energy and when I when I'm with people who are like my age just like a little bit like different because I've been with younger generation that how to navigate such points is just like they see it more in different lens than how an adult should see it mm-hmm. and I think those are just tools like you should be able to slap on different lenses mm-hmm. you know you should be in touch with the youth you should be in touch with your generation and then be in touch with the generation before you, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that just makes you a well-rounded individual. And one last side question, and I think this will kind of bring about everything, is if you could title your life right now, the season of your life, and what would that be? Damn, you really shuffled the questions, huh? Execution is my answer to that. Um, because... Uh, for the past couple of years, I've just been trying stuff and learning and having successes, mm-hmm. having failures. Um, have a lot of people, you know, really built a good community 
and circle that I can go to for resources and there's just no excuses now. I'm sitting on a ton of wisdom, knowledge, experience and I'm, I have even bigger dreams and things I'm building than I was a year or two years ago and it's just time to do it. Just time to take action. Put all this knowledge into play. Um... And that kind of ties in well with the last question of the podcast, which is, what does it mean for you to reclaim your own identity? Your own Filipino, Japanese, Chinese. Come on this podcast. (laughs) 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 That's what it means. (laughs) Uh, Get get on this podcast and just own who you are. I think this is a very, I think in every other aspect of my life, I'm kind of just, I own it. And this was a part that I didn't realize that I wasn't owning. I kind of just tuck it under the bed. Um, so I'm appreciative that we got to do this. Um, but that's what it means. It just it just means your story is your story. It matters. You don't. People don't need to listen. I don't think you should be entitled to be like, yeah, man, my story is the story. Just own it. Own who you are. I mean, people are either going to like you or not. People are either going to like me on this podcast or not. (laughs) You know, I'm sure I'm going to get some haters saying that this guy is so whitewashed. But it is what it is. You're either going to like me or you're not. I'm Filipino. I'm brown. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm whatever. It's like... Actually, Bretman Rock was on the pod and he said it well. Like, he doesn't feel any pressure. He just is him. And that's kind of how I live ever since hearing that. Just, I am who I am. I'm Japanese, Chinese, and Filipino. Mm-hmm. Whether you see that when you look at me, what are, like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> okay. Whether you see a Filipino guy, then cool. If you don't, that's cool too, man. Like, I'm going to keep moving forward. You're going to keep moving forward. And just for clarification, Bretman Rock was on a different podcast, not oh, on yes, this yes, podcast. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> on, on, um, on... Hawaii Verse yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. The one, yeah. That he produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of, like, brings up a really good point. Like, even our... Even... Our, even being Filipino, Chinese, and Japanese, that is just labels that we call ourselves because we as humans are so privileged to call ourselves things because we want to fit in and we want to belong. Yes, that's a good point. Like, that's why I always say semantics because they're just categorical so that we can label things mm-hmm. and better, like, acknowledge them and point them out. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's only us humans that tie emotion and identity into that. Mm-hmm. That in, whether or not it's inflating or deflating that word, mm-hmm. but you're right. It, that's I agree. Like it's just it's just a word. Like, mm-hmm. What's in, what's what is important for you? What's important for you? For me, mm-hmm. in terms of that, like just like how you see it come together with like what you do in a day to day life. What's important to me? Mm-hmm. Like values. Mm-hmm. Integrity one, like do the right thing when no one's looking. I think that's huge. I'm not saying I do it perfectly, mm-hmm. but that's that's like one of my pillars. Um, two. Two. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I'm really, I'm a really rational, objective person, mm-hmm. and I really try to stay that way. Because mm-hmm. I can be emo, like I can be emotional, and I but I really just try to be objective and rational in life. Um, so those two things are very important to me. Um, I don't know if this is where we're going, but like family and my faith is important to me because those two things keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a question. Like, what keeps me grounded? <laughs> I think my original answer Reading was like, ahead. <laughs> I, I, think, I think my original answer to like what keeps me grounded was like, go hang out with an old person. <laughs> like that, that will ground you. That will humble you quickly. Go to the oldest person you know. Better if they're disabled. Because that will really humble you. I mean, that might be hard to hear, but that will humble you. Learn, I mean, just ask them questions. Listen to their life story and their perspective, and it will humble you and ground you. Um, But family is what grounds me. Um, Having friends that I've known for a long time grounds me. Um, And then my church. Just because I think whether or not you're spiritual or not, whether it's Christianity, Buddhist, whatever it is, I think you need something to strip all sort of materialistic things um, and work in that sector of your life. I mean, that's what church does for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Touching on, like, just who you are, because I do want to dedicate this podcast more so like reflecting a little bit on yourself what about what about just being on this podcast like shifted a mindset for you um it was your nonchalant answer of just being like no that's exactly why you should be on Mm -hmm. I thought you have a story to tell and that really solidified that it's like yes like I am Filipino I belong on that spectrum. Now, whether or not it's going to be high or low on that spectrum, whether or not that's good or bad, that's for anyone else to decide. Because like we're saying, it's just a word. You know? And that's what really, I don't know, opened my eyes, I think. And then the second part was taking action. Like saying yes and then coming on. Because that's really me embracing it. Like, that's me really being like, okay, yeah. Now I'm fully stepping in because I'm going to make it public now. There's, like, accountability to it now, you know? Because I could have just took that, what you said, and then stayed at home and never came onto this podcast. But there's no action to it. Now there's action. Um, and because it was uncomfortable at first, which I, I love. I love chasing that. Because I know for a fact that there's really Filipino people listening. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, I know what your audience is, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, just, like, being... Because in the beginning, you already established that you identify more like this local identity of, like, being someone who loves their family, loves their faith, and loves serving his people. And just... Because your brand itself, and because I know you in the... Because how I know Jordan is actually through... <laughs> oh, God, what do you going to say? I met him on the street. <laughs> I met him on the street. Um, he was dealing drugs. <laughs> He's a businessman. How I know Jordan... I don't deal drugs. PSA, I do not deal drugs. 
um, <laughs> um, how I knew Jordan first is um, through church and through praise and worship. Um, yeah, and, he was, yeah. um, and how you value really putting together your faith, um, especially because that is the that is who you are. Um, not not to say that. Um, I don't know where am I going with this. Kind of brain farted. <laughs> but I think where I'm going with this is I knew you from your brand, Kingdom Purpose. And oh. from your brand, you really built heavily on bringing together in the for the kingdom. Um, That's right. And where I'm tying this with your with the podcast, with your story, is like that's who you are, is a person that continues to build the kingdom. And bringing people together, even if um, it's through your action and it's through what you do. Cool. That was cool. Yeah, I would say so. I think I was very, very uh, faith-driven before. Um, and I still am. I just... Um, I don't know. That was kind of That's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, it was all faith-based for a, a while. And then after a while, I was like, okay, that's solid. Now it's time to go out into the other sectors. and just I just like building. Mm-hmm. I like building things and creating um, creating things. So naturally, I'm like, okay, now it's time to ta- tackle like another sector, other ventures. Like there's other ventures that I wanted to tackle mm-hmm. um, and build. And mm-hmm. so kind of just do it. And transitioning along, and I think that's all the questions that I have for the podcast, (gasps) is... That was fast, no? No. Okay, I don't know. Describe your personality in a Filipino... Chomperado! 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 Been waiting to say, what made you describe your personality as Champorato? Well, first things first is I definitely think I watched a couple other episodes and definitely know that people top of mind answer is just comfort food mm-hmm. and then they just try to pull out metaphors out of their butt to connect to their childhood comfort food. So I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's take a stab at a metaphorical Champorato personality mm-hmm. thing. Um, when you look at Champorado, it just looks like mud and dirt. Um, but then when you taste it, it's very good. I don't know anyone who says Champorado is not good. Um, and the metaphor there for my personality is I think a lot of, as I've, not even I think, I kind of know, I've gotten some feedback every now and then that I have a mean RBF. Mm-hmm. Which is a resting... Can we swear? Yeah, you can. Resting bitch face. Um, and I kind of just have this look about me that I don't want to talk to people. And I get it. But then when you get to know me, I'm a, I'm a child, man. I'm totally a child. And um, I like to laugh. I like to make jokes. Little plug. You know, 2015, that's when I graduated. Like... I was in the yearbook. I was the jokester, you know? And I didn't even put my name in. Like, that means people have to vote me without my knowledge. So, you know, not, you know, kind of 
gonna put that on my resume, but I am a jokester. So yeah, I'm not like like Champarado, it looks ugly. <laughs> looks mean. But when you taste it, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a part of my personality. The second thing is Champarado can be served hot or cold. And I am the same. Um I can be really, really cold. Um I don't I mean that's like trauma probably. <laughs> Yeah, I can be really, I can be a really cold person, but then I can also be very warm and um, mushy, and in touch with my uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even as champorado, like it's a cuisine that you can use for dessert, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's versatile, baby, versatile. And it's um, it's a dish that not a lot of people like because what? Well, it depends how you cook what? it. But because like some people pair champorado with dried fish, which not a lot of people like to put. Um, but people enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what I have to add on. To Ch- champorado, and it's my it was my childhood food. Uh, my my um, mother Helen would make it when we would visit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, would you want to recreate it? Probably. I mean, my whole dream is to, like, um... I do want to... I do want to oh, launch something, have a product in, in memory of them. Probably won't be Champarado. Probably be, like, an Arnold Palmer drink or something. Or like, yeah, it wouldn't be Champarado, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, you can call it Champarado. Well, I'm going to call it, like, Lola's Tea. Like he- Lola, like Helen's tea or something because her <laughs> name is Lola Helen, and it's gonna be like an Arnold Palmer, and um, yeah, that's definitely one thing that will happen um, in the future. I just want to have one business that's, you know. And like, that is all. Wow. And because this is the last episode of season nine, um, I do want to give space and make space for you to turn the mic over and ask me three questions. Three questions. Um, but before that, it's yeah, be three the questions. Same questions. First, and then you can plug anything that we would like to support you in. Nice. Okay, my three questions. First question: um, How, why, where, when? Well, not when. How, why, and where did you start this podcast? I started this podcast in UH Manoa, Moore Hall, second building. Damn, she said, she said, <laughs> drop my pin, drop my location, she said. No, the funny thing actually is I was waiting for class to start. Um, I got an email that the class was canceled, and it was in Ilocano class. Um, and I was just like, I don't know what to do, but I had a voice memo and I had Anchor FM downloaded. Um, and I was feeling a little bit reflective that day. And that's when I pressed record, talked about my personal testimony of my Filipino culture. Because I didn't really start embracing my culture until I got to college. Um, it's not when I... I started to take a class about the Filipino history and culture. Shout out to Koya Jason because he really did plant the like 
he was my very first Filipino professor, um, and he was someone who actually was an um, overseas worker. So even that knowledge of like what it was like um, being from the Philippines and like teaching here, um, and I was really fascinated about like. I'm gonna have a conversation with a bunch of my classmates even before the pandemic started and just have this as a podcast. But the pandemic started um, and what grew this curiosity started this kind of, I would say destiny for me because it's something I've always wanted. I've always been a writer. I've always been a journalist at heart. And I've always been wanting to dive into deeper in people's story. And being that oral oral archivist and really giving a platform for people to share their story. Um, And part of it is because I think it really lied into my my parents, especially my dad, because he is a radio announcer so even that I felt like it was a natural thing for me and there's just so many nuances of what being Filipino is even if it's very heartbreaking um but yeah nice you didn't expect that no it wasn't the same answer wasn't the same answer as last time. Uh, biggest, biggest, um, biggest challenge since you started the podcast. Biggest podcast challenge. Biggest podcast challenge, and I think it's gonna be similar as we first recorded. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as I thought about it more, um, the biggest challenge is n- not putting myself out there because I hate recognitions I hate putting my name out there Damn. I don't like to be called quote unquote famous mm. um, that's my biggest challenge is not putting myself out there because I know that I have something I have a gift to tell but one thing that I'm reclaiming is really putting myself out there and really telling these narratives and stories because it has impact and um, it's for not only for me but it's really for those who are struggling in their identity um, in wanting to be heard um, because we never got that opportunity in high school before like we never had that representation growing up we never had that class that point us where we want to be so the biggest challenge as a podcaster is not putting myself out there enough Interesting. And you would say you would think that if you put yourself out more, it would it would benefit the pod. I feel like. I see. I see. Okay. Um, biggest insecurity being Filipino. Biggest insecurity being Filipino would have to be. I know I said I had a hard time thinking about this, but now that I come to terms with it and myself would have to be my fate unexpected answer what being Filipino yeah my biggest insecurity is my fate why because because that's not synonymous unless you're saying the premise is that Filipino equals 
some sort of faith. Uh, no, no, that's a really funny answer. Um, but I think it's my insecurity because growing up, I was born and raised Catholic. Mm. I always, I was, I served in the church. I became, I was a teacher, catechist, served, um, and everything. But then stepping back for a little bit to discover myself and stepping back just to, because I've, I've been in church for way too much and seeing that there is so much that I didn't know about like who I was and my culture and trying to also now coming back to my faith and seeing how it can intertwine with Catholicism. I have a hard time saying Catholicism. <laughs> yes. Catholicism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hard word, hard, hard word. Hard word, um, Is that there is so much like it has to be because of colonialism, because of just so many things about the systematically but that's my biggest insecurity with being Filipino is my faith interesting 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 it's those things that you didn't expect um okay mm. oh if you could change one thing <laughs> if you could change, why are you laughing <laughs> damn if you could change one thing in Filipino in the Philippines' history. What would it be, Chachi? I know. I have Oh my Google god, list. dude. You just changed all your answers. <laughs> Damn. Hey, I mean, we're all for it. Variation. I think I didn't change it, but I think it's Never just... Never let them know your next move. <laughs> I want to change how... I didn't want to say this first, but now I feel so comfortable and just being vulnerable and sharing it. I know I'm going to have a lot of people say something about it, but I'm all ears, is I want to change how the Marcuses was seen and portrayed us. Mm -hmm. And because that is the most controversial topic right now, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm so hesitant to say it. Okay, so for, for the listeners, can you explain how... Who he is, how he how he's portrayed um, normally, and then how you would want to him to actually be portrayed, and just say it. No, because I kind of want to be careful because of um, there is this thing in the Philippines called red tag, and I don't want to get red tag. <laughs> Make a disclaimer. Disclaimer. Um, disclaimer. This is just uh, for reflection purposes. For, for reflection purposes, <laughs> she's not trying to. Um, lobby or like no political involvement yeah nothing involved. nothing this is just reflection dialogue healthy, <laughs> healthy dialogue and for her own sanity for her own um, comfort this is her opinion at this moment mm -hmm. people people change opinions all the time perspectives change this is how she feels right now so you should just be glad that she has this platform <laughs> and you guys can listen to her opinion okay so don't hate <laughs> God, dude. I think what I would change is, um, I don't even, I don't even say I want to change because there's just so much about it, about the Philippine history that is so complex and so vast. But I want to really change how they see them as. I know they've really done a lot of damage, um, in the other public's eye, 
and a lot of people see the good and the bad and there's just so many hurt so many traumas but what would I change is this entire situation if we were more open and talking about our traumas and talking about what really went through because history is and because this is a long-winded history um it's always going to be the Marcus stole so much from the Philippines but what I want to change is really reframe that situation because there's just because what I look at it um there's just so many trauma there's just so many angry titos and titas out there um that's wanting to heal but it's hard because they're not giving the space um I know. I know, sorry. <laughs> Getting nervous, huh? <laughs> no. She's just venting. She says she's venting on the pod, which is good. She's good. I just had therapy before. You know? So all, all you... Yeah, take it for what it is, people. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't be a hater, keyboard warriors. You go film a, you go film a podcast. Record a podcast and be vulnerable. Hey, your opinion... Title to your opinion. Mm-hmm. No one needs to approve it. Mm-hmm. I think that in the end, it's just like, and even like the history, of, the history of Philippines is like we were colonized so many times, but in general, we're always have been colonized because we're always telling each other what to do, what they can and cannot do. Yeah, that was a good point you brought up um, in the last one that. Um, Everyone's being colonized. Mm-hmm. Everyone's being colonized, and it's true. And I think a hot take is that I don't. I don't necessarily look at colonization as wrong mm-hmm. because the people that are colonizing, for the most part, truly believe that they're doing good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They truly do. Wraps up the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so don't compare yourself, people. Yeah, don't don't compare yourself. Everyone's on their own timeline. Mm-hmm. You are, you are. Run your own race. Mm-hmm. True confidence is saying is not saying that if they like me, I'll be okay. It's saying that whether or not they like me. Or not, I'll still be okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're a Filipino, you know. <laughs> so, for all you listeners there, as you eat Chomperado, from where? Golden Coin? Yeah? Golden Coin. Golden Coin. Sponsor. You know, just know that you're Filipino enough. You know? Did you stop recording? No. Oh, yeah. Keep this in. Thanks for having me on the pod. Oh, my name is Jordan Tano. <laughs> producer, entrepreneur, businessman. Um, what do I need to plug? Hawaii Salon Suites. H-I Salon Suites.com. Um, it's a new venture that we're taking on. We're bringing the Salon Suite concept to Hawaii. It's the first one on the islands, um, private enclosed suites for beauty professionals. So head to the website, check it out. 
and on the wait list opening 2023. Any any particular month? Any particular month. We're, we're aiming for Q1 at mm. the end of Q1, but, you know, construction, all that, I mean, Q1 can mean Q2. But, yeah, definitely in the first half of the year of next year. Um, Do you have an Instagram email? Yeah, HI Salon Suites. Everything's HI Salon Suites or HawaiiSalonSuites.com. Um, and uh, Hawaii Verse Podcast. Go listen to Hawaii Verse Podcast. Kamaka Diaz. Um, he hosts it. Great friend. Just surfed with him before we had to come back and record this. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we actually went. We actually filmed a pod today. So, um, yeah. Go listen to him. Go listen to that podcast. Growing Fast. If you're a business and you want to like, advertise on the platform, do that as well. Um, Kingdom Purpose, KP. Although, although it's kind of on the back burner... You can still hit it up. There's still, I still get messages about it, and we still take on projects, select projects. Um, so if you need any multimedia services, photo, video, graphics, um, we make uh, digital content for do good organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And shout out, shout out, Larry. Happy birthday, Larry. Yes, because we're what, filming what this on October twenty five. Yeah, what's, what's, what's the guy's thing? Larry Itleong. Itleong. Shout out, Larry. And all the farm workers out there. Yeah, happy birthday, Larry. Send him, send him some gifts. He's dead, but I mean, send his family some gifts. Happy birthday, Larry. Uh, shout out, Chachi. Who? Chachi. Happy birthday, Chachi. It's not. Um, <laughs> Send her some love. Don't don't hate her opinion. <laughs> this is an awesome platform, and I appreciate you empowering me. That's dope, and uh, letting me on the pod. Any last words, Miss Chachi? Any last words? Um, yeah. I just want to say thank you for being on this podcast, and thank you for taking the time, taking your times for rescheduling, re-recording. Yeah, that's um, true. Because I've learned not only so much from you, but I gain a lot of knowledge. Um, and I think that's what it is. It's like uh, our history, our own interval, our own sort of uniqueness. It's like it's not just ourselves. Like we're human creatures, we're social creatures who desire community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be a loner out there, people. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being a loner because you need some time to com- decompress. True, but go find a community. That's true. Go be alone when you want to. Go find a community. It will only benefit you. And that's a wrap. Uh, do you, what do you call your... What do you call your... Mm-hmm. Adios, kasamas. Bye. Mabula.